It's, it's going to be fun today. So, hey, I want to jump right in and pick up where I left off last week. And I love last week. I've been gone most of the summer on, on, on break, so it was great being back with you. And I was so excited about what I wanted to share with you last week. And then uh, based on your response from last week, both in the room here and then at campuses and then the messages from online, um, I threw out a challenge. I'm going to talk about it in a minute. And y'all went, went a little crazy. This is nuts. Just crazy church, all right? And, and you, hundreds, maybe thousands of you jumped in, and I gotta tell you more about that. If you don't know what I'm talking about, one of my points last week is stop missing church. And then you would know. So anyway, but a bunch of you came back, so that's, that's great. But I'm just as excited, maybe more excited to dig into what we're gonna be digging in today, but just to catch up everybody, we kicked off a new series last week called I Believe. And we're asking questions like this, like, what are we doing here? Like, what's the point? What are we hoping for or expecting to happen when we come together on Sunday or tune in on Sunday or, or whenever you're tuning in, right? What's the purpose of church? All churches, but I, I, we don't go to all churches. This one, like what's the point of this place, Flatirons? And rather than answer that question ourselves, we went back to the one who had the, the whole idea, thought up the idea uh, of church, and that's Jesus, and, and we, we ask him. We go back to scripture. Like, so Jesus, what were you thinking? What were you hoping for? What did you wanna see happen when you, you decided that your plan A, and there's not really a plan B, that the way you were gonna reach and change the world is through your thing called the church? And Jesus was really clear, right? Like, in his last, like, talk, sermon, message, whatever, before he physically returned to his Father in heaven 2,000 years ago and counting, he, he gathered up a small group of believers. There weren't very many followers at that time, but those guys had, had and, and ladies had spent, like, the last three years, like, following him, watching him, learning from him. They'd all witnessed his death, his burial. They touched his resurrected body. And he told them, in, in church world, we call this speech the Great Commission, if you've ever heard of that. But anyway, but he told those first followers on that mountain is get off the mountain, go, go. Go to leave the, where we're all gathered together and go to the parts of the world where people aren't following Jesus yet, primarily because they've never been exposed to the real good Jesus that they've been hanging out with. But, 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 but go and what, what do you want us to do? I want you to go there and I want you to make disciples. And we unpacked that word disciples last week, all right? A disciple is more than a, just a student who's just learning information, all right? It's a person who is um, apprenticing. That's a really good word. Apprenticing themselves to a master, right? Some of you do that in different trades, right? You apprentice yourself to a master to learn from the master so that they can do eventually what the master can do and eventually become the same kind of person as the master. It's not just a skill set. I wanna be like him. I wanna be like her, right? They, they follow the master around. They, they learn from the master. They practice with the master and eventually they do it like the master. And at a certain point, Jesus says, as you're discipling these, these, these people, they're gonna come to a point where they believe I want you to baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And, and baptism symbolizes not only that your sins are forgiven and washed away, but that the phrase Jesus used is, it's kind of like you've been born again, like born into a new family, born into um, a new kingdom. You're part of a new kingdom that's not of this world. We're gonna talk a lot about that. But it doesn't stop there. It doesn't stop that, okay, I'm baptized, I'm forgiven, all right? Then, this is what Jesus says, link arms, all of us together, the baptized person and the baptizing person, link arms and keep going, and that's what this is. We link arms with one another, and, and we go on a lifelong journey, because it's not an event, it's a journey, to bring all the parts of our life into obedience and conformity with what Jesus commands us to do. That's it. That's the description of the church that Jesus had in mind when he thought it up. That's the mission of the church that Jesus had in, in mind. And that's the description of followers, the followers that Jesus had in mind. It has to be the description of us. 
right? Men and women, young and old, who have, have encountered Jesus, right? Who are, we, we are convinced of who Jesus is and what he has promised. We have, we have surrendered and we're surrendering our lives to him, not just as savior, like saving us from hell, we, we love that, right? But also, he's our Lord. He's king of our lives. We've been baptized into his kingdom, and now we are committing the rest of our lives to becoming, and this phrase is really important, fully devoted followers of Jesus. Continually, with the help of the Holy Spirit, who lives in every one of you, right? We are aligning our lives with Jesus, and what he says is true, so we can be more like him. Call it anything you want. Call it discipleship. You can call it spiritual formation. The one thing you can't say we're about here is we're just trying to be better people. Nope. It's gotta be more than that, right? Great quote from my friend Matt Chandler last week. I kind of paraphrase it. It goes like this. This is, a, you should, this is a screenshot right here, right? There are two categories of people in the world, those that follow Jesus and those who don't follow Jesus. Jesus gives us no third category for moral, church-going people and calling them Christian. That's, that's a gut punch right there, and you let that sink in. So where we left off last week, we were asking ourselves, first of all, are we that kind of church? Are we the kind of church that's running after seeing ordinary people become, and, okay, and I said this last week, I wanna say become Christians, but let's just be honest, in this world, in this culture, Christian has some baggage, doesn't it? It does, it's lost a lot of credibility when, when somebody hears the word Christian, they're like, oh, and they make a whole bunch of assumptions, usually really, really, really negative. So I'm certainly, when I say what I'm gonna say, I'm certainly, I mean Christian, but hopefully I'm talking about the person that Jesus described. I'm talking about a fully devoted follower. I'm talking about a disciple. Are we that kind of church? Followed by, am I that kind of person? Are, are you that kind of person? Listen, I'm not asking, are you forgiven and are you saved? Do you believe in Jesus? No, no. Remember, remember this last week. Forgiveness is the starting line, not the finish line. Right? And we're gonna talk about that more in a minute. But I'm asking, am I, are you, am I the kind of person who's pursuing a life where all the parts of my life are lining up in obedience to what Jesus says is the best way, the only truth, it leads to life? And nothing else does. does. Does my time, ask yourself this, does my, do my habits, does my marriage, does my family, do my friendships, my, the, my daily choices, the way I choose to spend my money, the way that I express and pursue sexuality, the way, the way I lead at work, the way I lead at school, the way I interact with my friends, the way I interact with my enemies, right? Would, would somebody be able to follow me around for a day or two and, and look at you and go like, girl loves Jesus. Man, he, he follows Jesus. And no matter how you would currently answer that about your life, the only way that this church or any of us individually could ever hope to experience that kind of life is by, here it is, apprenticing ourselves to Jesus, learning from him, watching him, and then begin to, not all at once, but piece by piece, day by day, bring our lives into obedience to him. Jesus said that the reason that he came was that so you could experience an abundant life, a full life. And the abundant life that he's talking about is this. It's called discipleship, a life of following Jesus. He says, he promises, the more you follow him, the better your life will be. That's what he said. And the primary way that a person gets to know Jesus is by knowing his word, like deeply, like intimately. So that, we, so not, not if, but when the circumstances of life hit us, and we've all been hit, we don't get knocked, you know, knocked out. Like, we just simply do this. Like, well, what did God say is true? And what did Jesus say to do? And I'm gonna, fall, I'm gonna do that in every circumstance. I'm just gonna do that. So I threw this out last week. So good, all right? Let's, let's do it. Let's, let's become known as people who love Jesus. Those flatterance people dig God, I mean, right? Uh, and, and they know the word of God. 
let's, let's, let's not try to cover a lot. Let's, let's slow way, way down and let's go deeper. Let's open the Bible and ask, well, what did it say? And what did it mean? And then what did the person who said it want me to do with that? And then with God's spirit living inside of us, I'm gonna say that a lot because we forget about it. We start doing that. We start following Jesus. But here's the challenge. In order to do that, we have to read that. To know the word of God, you gotta read the word of God. In order to read the word of God, you need a copy of it, right? So here's what I threw out last week. I said, so here's the Bible that I'm gonna be studying out of and here's the Bible I'm gonna be teaching out of. And then I put on the screens, here's the link to Amazon and you can get a copy of it. I got mine the next day. And before the nine o'clock service was over, I didn't know it was possible. You shut down Amazon. They sold out, and the, and the algorithm like, now it's $50, you know, right, right? So, and God knows, right, whoever did that, right? But, but a lot of you tried, and now you're like, mine's two weeks away, or whatever. Like, so uh, Tuesday, we're kind of like, we're in a meeting, and I had an idea. And anytime I go, hey, I got an idea, everybody just buckles up, like, oh, no, all right? So, but this is what interns are for. So here's what, <laughs> so we put an intern on a plane, flew him to Chicago to the warehouse, he rented a car, and he, he drove 500 copies back. Isn't he cute? Doesn't even shave. He says, yeah, hey, Luke. Anyway, but, and, uh, and, and well, they're sold out. So, um, but uh, listen, any Bible will do, all right? So if you wanna grab a, uh, there's, there's uh, NIV Bibles, free ones in the back, all right? But if you want an ESV uh, Bible, we're, we have another 500 coming in this week and we'll try to hold some back for this, this service. Okay, but are you into this? All right, let's go. You all into this down there? My, my camp crew down, come on, are you here? All right, all right, all right. Okay, so today, today we're gonna start working. You've got your Bible with you, you got the Bible app with you, whatever that is. We're gonna start working our way through a small, tiny, five chapters, book of the Bible called First Peter. It's one of two letters written by a guy named, look at you. I'm, I'm already into this. I, I, all right, Peter, right, right. And we're gonna talk more about him later. But last week in our introduction, I, I mentioned that the reason I picked this particular part of the Bible, because I could have picked anything, but the reason is because the people that Peter is writing to, we're gonna look at today, are experiencing, experiencing some very similar things that a lot of us are experiencing in 2022, right? It was written 2,000 years ago, but it feels like... He's, he's, write, he's writing a letter to us, all right? And the theme of 1 Peter addresses one of the most important aspects of life that if you have this, you're gonna be fine, but if you don't have it, no matter else, what else you might have, it's a matter of time until you tap out. And the word I'm gonna talk about is hope, right? Hope. Now, here, I, I prayed about this. Jesus is okay with you writing in his book, okay? So, uh, like, like, some of you are journalers. I, that's not my gift, all right? I can't, I, I lose. I've, I've lost every journal. I write in my Bible. So, well, at, the, at the top of the page of 1 Peter, I just write the word hope. Like, so then you'll remember going, I need, what's a good place? Hope, oh, 1 Peter, right, right? So the theme is gonna be uh, hope. But not just you gotta have hope, Right? But, but you gotta place your hope in the right place, in the right thing, in the right person. No matter what you're going through, no matter what your circumstances, in the best times or in the worst time of suffering in your life, what we're gonna look at is you can still have hope. Don't lose your hope. So let's jump right into this, okay? We're gonna go, we're gonna go deep into, into the word and we're gonna go really, really, really slow. And let's just see if a guy wrote a letter 2,000 years ago, if it connects to us today, okay? So here we go, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 1. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ. Okay, that's, that's it. That's all we're gonna get to, right? Okay, right? we're gonna go slow. The author's name is Peter, right? Now, today, so this is a little 
Bible study class real quick, all right? Today, when we write a letter or an email, we do it different. We start with like, dear Fred, dear recipient, and then we end it with love, Jim, or some, something like that. But in ancient letters, like back in Roman times, and stuff like that, that wasn't like that. So ancient letters, letters are always started like, the author came first, followed by the recipient, then a greeting, then a prayer maybe, uh, or a thanksgiving, a word of encouragement, and then they get into what he wants to really, really write about, okay? So let's look at this author. His name's Peter. He's a really famous guy. We're gonna spend some time here, all right? Peter is, he's one of the very first people to follow Jesus, like first four, right? But when Jesus meets him on the side of a lake, all right, he's a redneck, short-tempered fisherman who has left his nets to follow Jesus. And the reason he left his nets partially is because every time you hear about Peter fishing, he never is catching fish. So he's bad. He's a bad fisherman, all right? But, but Jesus looks at him and says, hey, leave that behind and come and follow me and I'll make you a fisher of men, all right? And honestly, at the time, Peter had no idea what that meant. That wasn't just like, that's a term they used a lot back then. No, all right? I'm gonna make you something that you currently aren't. But I think, this is just me, I think Peter, I don't know what he's getting into. He just wanted something better than his current life was turning out to be. So he took a risk and he dropped his nets and he took a step and he began to follow Jesus. And here's what I want you to hear. It's a journey that started with the first step. The first step put him in the category, I'm a disciple. Right? Not after he'd gone to Bible college, not after he'd gone to memorize, no, no, he was a mess, okay? But the moment he took a step towards Jesus, he moved out of the category of non-follower to follower. Peter goes on, I mean, and the journey has high points and low points, all right? Like, like Peter, he goes on to be the only person in, other than Jesus to walk on water uh, in the history of water. You haven't done that. And Peter did, he, he walked on water. He made about three steps and he started sinking, but he got out of the boat. Nobody else got out of the boat, right? Hey, he's, he's probably known best for, for, for two things. One's negative and one's positive. The negative one is, you hear about this every Easter, on the night that Jesus was arrested, Peter denies having anything to do with Jesus, and then the rooster crows three times. That's just like, he's, that's a big story in his life. It's a bad moment. After, after Jesus you know, comes back to life, they take a walk down the, the beach down on the Sea of Galilee, and he restores him, but that was a, that was a low moment. But P, the best thing to remember about Peter is when Jesus, so between Jesus' baptism and, and his crucifixion and resurrection, there's about three years he's just walking all over Israel, right? And he's got these 12 guys that are apprenticing themselves to him. And he's up in the northern part of, of, of Israel in an area, it's called the region of Caesarea Philippi. And there's, uh, it's the headwaters of the Jordan River. And there's all these temples up there. There's, there's a temple to Caesar. Uh, there's a temple to uh, Pan, the God of the dead. There's all, it's just a huge melting pot of local religions. So it's just a mess. And Jesus is walking through this area Area, and he looks at his, at, his, at his disciples and he asks them a question as they're walking down the road. He goes, so what's the word on the street about me? What are people saying about me? Who do they, who do they think I am? And all these disciples are like, well, some people think you're this, some people think you're that. Some people think you're like a re reincarnated prophet. Some people, there's this famous religious person, maybe you're him come back to life. And then Jesus kind of changes the question and goes, okay, what about you? What about you guys? Who do you say I am? I know what everybody else is saying about me, but what about you? What have you decided about me? Who do you believe I am? Peter's the first one to open his mouth. Look at this. Simon Peter replied, you're the, you're the Christ. You're the son of the living God. Just let that sink in. Peter is the first human being to say out loud, it's you. You're, 
I, 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 I think you're the Christ. I think you're the Messiah that, that the Jewish prophets have been promising for thousands of years. I think it's you. I, I believe you're like God's son in the flesh. I, I believe... I believe you're going to get us out of this mess. I believe you're going to save us. I believe you're going to deliver us. I believe you're going to reconnect us back to God. It's you, right? It's you. And Jesus just looked at Peter and said, hey, yes. I'm going to use you and that statement to build my church. And the gates of hell won't stop my church. Not then and not in 2022. He promises. But that's a great moment, but it's a moment. It's a journey. And Peter has a long way to go. Just a few days after this, I mean, Peter loses his temper and cuts a guy's ear off with a sword. And Jesus sticks it back on like, no, we're not gonna do that. Right? But, <laughs> and then he denies it. I'm sorry. So he's still a mess. I mean, but you gotta, you gotta let this sink in, okay? All right? He's been in the best small group ever. I know you love your small group. This one's better. Like, if your small group leader is Jesus... And you're like going, hey, Jesus, I don't get the whole creation evolution thing. I, I, I just don't get it. He goes, all right, listen. So the first thing I did was, and he just talked about what he, how he created everything. And you're like, oh, that clears it up. Thank you, Lord. All right, okay, next question. All right, but he's in the best small group for three years with the best leader ever. Yet after following and learning from Jesus after three years, Peter might have believed in his head who Jesus was, but it didn't change him. It wasn't until about six weeks after Jesus rose from the dead and gave that talk on top of the mountain, returned to heaven, and about another week after that, Peter is in the Jewish temple on a Jewish holiday called the Day of Pentecost, and Peter is filled with the Holy Spirit that Jesus promised would come, and he preached the very first sermon in the very first church service to the people who executed Jesus. And 3,000 of them and their families got baptized that day in the temple, in the temple pools. Right? And I tell you all that, there's a point to this, all right? Peter's life is a journey, and so is ours. It's not an event, right? He went from a redneck, going nowhere in life, frustrated fisherman to becoming one of the greatest leaders in history, one of the greatest people in the Bible. But it started on the side of a lake when he took one step and began to follow, get to follow Jesus, get to know Jesus. See, in, in the Bible, Jesus has a lot of titles. One of them is, he is the word. Jesus is the word of God. I'm gonna get to know Jesus. And then he was filled with the Holy Spirit that Jesus promised to every disciple back then and everybody listening to my voice. Same spirit. Again, again, here's my point. Before we even get into this, you gotta know, our author knows what, what he's talking about. He knows his stuff. He's been where we have been. He has sat in circumstances where we sit. And he's telling us, if I can do it, you can too. It's possible for you. You can go where, I, where I'm going, through Jesus the Word and through the Holy Spirit. Are you with me? Okay, so that's the author, okay? We're flying now. Now, let's look at who this letter is written to, right? Still, the first verse. To those who are elect exiles. Time out, okay. So th again, this, I, take, I prayed about it. Jesus is good with you writing in his book. I, if, un, I would underline that. And the way I take notes, because I, I lose journals and I, the papers fall out, all right? I just take a little line from the word I want to remember and I go over to the margin and I write down the site. And then it's there forever. Like, like this, is, this one doesn't have much in it right now, but the Bible that my dad gave me, it's just a mess in a great way, all right, right? So, so to, to those, so it's Peter writing, to those who are elect exiles, and we'll come back to that, of the dispersion in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. And all those weird words there at the end, those are towns and cities in an area of the world that we now call Turkey. 
right? But there, there are these Christians there, and Peter calls them elect exiles of the dispersion. And dispersion means scattering, okay? So, so scattering. So, so Peter is talking to some, 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 some Christians, some, some, some elect God's people, his church, who are scattered all over the place. They, they used to just be in Jerusalem, and now they're, 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 they're scattered everywhere, right? Maybe because some of them had to leave their homes because of, of persecution, but the big persecution doesn't come until about, about 50 years after Peter writes this, and then Nero goes crazy, and he starts burning people and throwing them to lions and all that kind of stuff. But that's not what we're talking about here. So most likely what you have is you have a sprinkling of Christians who are kind of new to these little towns and they live in a, in a city or they live in a world where what they believe, what they think, what, what they, they're not jam, jamming it down anybody's throats. They're just saying, we're gonna live our lives like Jesus. And their town looks at them and goes, what's wrong with you? It's weird. That's not how people act right? They're a small minority and they stick out and they don't fit in. And what we're going to be looking at is, is that they feel it. And we do too. But look back at what Peter calls them. He calls them elect exile. Elect means chosen by God. So they're God's people. But if you have that app with you, click on the word exile there. And this is what comes up. Residing in a country, not one's own. A sojourner. You're a stranger. You got to let that sink in. Peter, I'm, I'm talking to people who are ex exiles, all right? In the first two lines of this lead letter, Peter announces what the letter's gonna be about. It goes like this. Do you ever feel like you don't fit in this world? Do you ever feel like you don't belong, like your beliefs and your convictions and what you hold to be true about God and about life and about, again, you're not shoving it down people's throats, but how you should live your life. Do you ever feel like that just doesn't fit in 2022? Well, here's why, write this down. Because this world is not your home. Oh, yeah. It's not. Don't, don't you feel that sometimes? Like, like, I don't, what I believe about God, it just doesn't fit in this world. Right? Of course, right? I, I feel it. I feel it a lot. I, I have never felt, I might be the only one, but I'm, I've never felt like my belief and my convictions and my faith, I've never felt it to be more odd or weird than I do right now. Right? In 2022, the world's view of Jesus and Christians and Christianity is clear. No thanks. Right? It, it, some of you are going like, well, it's always been kind of like this. I'll, I push back. Right? Something feels happening in our, in our universe right now in, in, on an accelerated scale. It feels very intentional. I, I could say even five or ten years ago, it didn't feel like this, but something's happening. Does anybody else feel it? Yeah, anything goes, not Jesus. I can't turn on my TV or watch a movie, watch the news, scroll through my newsfeed on my phone without it being shouted at me. Your belief system is ignorant. It's out of date. It's out of touch. It's old-fashioned. What you believe is hateful. Wait, I'll just, let's just hit the highlights, all right? What you believe that marriage is between one man and one woman forever? Yeah, that's closed-minded. You believe there's just two genders? Yeah, that's ignorant. You believe that pursuing homosexual behavior is outside of God's best plan for a person? Yeah, you're hateful. You believe unborn babies should have the same rights and protections as all human beings? Yeah, why do you hate women? You believe that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and that no one comes to God, the Father, unless they go through Jesus? Yeah, that's what he said. You're so arrogant, you Christians. See, see here's, I'm just getting warmed up. Here, listen, listen, this is what I know. I just said what I just said in a church that says biblical authority is our number one value and we're running after the Bible as God's word, as the authority of our life, all right? Because everything I just said is blatantly clear in here, all right? But I will get so much criticism 
this week. Not from non-followers of Jesus, they don't care what I believe, but from you all. I'll get blasted by, by, by Christians for saying what I just said. It'll usually be preceded by something like this. Listen, Jim, I know what it says in the Bible, but time out. Anything that comes after but is wrong. It's just wrong, all right? Here's, here's what I'll get, right? I'm hungry, shut up, all right, all right. Here's what I'm gonna get, right? Hey, Jim, when you said that, that really hurt my feelings. I, write this down. I don't care about your feelings if your feelings are pulling you away from what God says is true. Well, I don't, stop. I don't, I'm not doing this for applause. I'm just convicted, right? I don't feel safe to be at Flatirons. I, I don't feel safe to bring my friend. L listen, listen. The safest place to be in the universe is lined up with the word of God, and the scariest place to be is anywhere else. It would be hateful for me to teach anything about else except what God says is true but not in this world, but this world is not my home. See, we belong to something else, somewhere else. We belong to someone else, and his name is Jesus Christ. We have to come to grips with that and remember that. Much more coming on that in a few, a few weeks, right? The people that P Peter is writing to, they're not being burned at the stake. They're not being thrown to lions because of their, of, of their faith, and I'm pretty sure that, that, that the, the Erie Police Department's not gonna kick in my door and confiscate Bibles this week or arrest me for following Jesus, right? There's other things they might, but not that, right? <laughs> that's not what they're feeling, and that's not what we're feeling, right? But we're feeling the weight and the pressure, aren't we, at work, at school, in our social circles, you gotta say, am I allowed to say that in this room, that what I really believe, or I just shut up, all right? And here's the pressure coming at us, right? right? The way that you follow Jesus is, is making us feel uncomfortable. It actually intrudes on how we're living. So we're gonna let you know, we don't want you or your Jesus in here. Or better yet, just sh shut up. Better yet, stop following Jesus and just be like everybody else in the world, which is what a lot of us do. We just keep our heads down, keep our mouths shut. We don't get in trouble, you know. We don't offend anybody. We live double lives in two worlds. We straddle the fence. We believe in Jesus in our heads, but we live like we don't with our bodies and our words and our money and our time. And if you live your life like that long enough, it is a matter of time until you wake up one day and realize while you say you believe in Jesus in your head or heart, you stopped following him a long time ago. And here, here's a reality check. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter in your own life and it makes no difference to the world what you claim to believe in your heart if it doesn't lead you to following him in your daily life. Belief without following is irrelevant. Or James said it like this, faith without works is dead. Don't waste your time, because you really don't have faith. All right, so look at this next line. <laughs> Moving on, right, we're flying, right? Uh, I'm writing to God's people, they're followers of Jesus who are living in a world that is not their home. Verse two, we made it, okay? And this is, this is just really cumbersome and we'll unpack it. According to the foreknowledge of God the Father in the sanctification of the Spirit for obedience to Jesus Christ and for sprinkling with his blood. And then he announced the greeting. May grace and peace be multiplied to you. Now I wanna look at that first one. According to the foreknowledge of God the Father, which means this. This is my favorite part of the talk right here, right? right? means this. God is not freaked out by 2022. He's not in heaven going, oh, oh, I did not see COVID coming. Wow, that screws himself up. And then there's that happening over there, and there's that happening over there. And it's like, well, anybody got any ideas? And right now, it's like, he's not surprised by what's happening. And it is no coincidence that God has chosen for you and I to be living in this time. No matter what is happening in this world, if it is going to change for the better and move back towards what Jesus described as right and true, Jesus is going to do it through his church, which means he's going to do it through you and me, or it's not going to get done. According to God, this is our time. This is our time. This is, Moses doesn't get 2022. We do. 
right? Moses split a Red Sea and walked through with a bunch of people and, 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 and freedom. Who's gonna split your sea open? Let me tell you what, you are because the same God of Moses is your God, right? David, David killed Goliath like 4,000 years ago, right? Who's gonna kill your Goliath? Answer, not David. He's dead, right? Who's gonna kill yours? You are. You're gonna march into that valley because the same God is gonna walk into that valley with you and you're gonna defeat your Goliath or it's not gonna get done, Abraham took a big step of faith. Who's gonna take a step of faith in 2022? Not Abraham, he did his time, it's our time. See, Peter the author, he didn't get 2022. You and I do, more specific, I didn't get your marriage, you did. I didn't get your kids, you got your kids. Thank God, all right, I, I, <laughs> I don't have your job, you do, and you're there for a reason. I don't have your parents, you do. I don't go to your school, you go to your school. If anything is gonna move back in the direction that Jesus says is right and true, it will be connected to your willingness to obey Jesus in that area of your life. You'll be empowered by the Holy Spirit and he'll give you the power and the strength and the holiness to do it because through the blood of Jesus that covers you, you're forgiven and you belong to him and he lives inside of you. This is our time and this is your time and this is our moment. The world is not our home and we need to stop acting like it. We have to stop wringing our hands and worrying, oh, I get this text, this email all the time. Oh, Pastor Jim, it's so bad out there. The sky is falling. There's nothing I can do about my marriage. There's nothing I can do about what's happened in my kid's school. There's, there's just nothing I can do about it. In the opening lines, Peter calls BS, time out. Of course it's bad out there. Of course you feel like you don't belong in this world, right? Because this world is not your home. So stop living and worrying and surrendering to some stupid, it is what it is, what am I supposed to do about it, victim mentality, and stop hoping that this world is magically gonna turn around and do something that's gonna fix anything or satisfy the most important parts of your life. It won't, it can't, it wasn't even supposed to. Well, what are we supposed to do then? Put your hope back in Jesus, right? Get your hope back on Jesus and let's get to work. Jesus paid for your forgiveness with his blood. His spirit is in you right now to supply everything that you need so you and I can get on with our mission. What is that? Obeying Jesus which he promises will lead to an abundant, satisfying, full life that this world can never satisfy. But that's okay, because this world's not my home. So, ha, that, was, that was a run right there. I need a drink of water. And uh, so, so, so let's look at these four phrases. And we're only gonna make it through two verses today. But um, anyway, so we already hit this. According to the foreknowledge of God the Father, in the sanctification of the Spirit, for obedience to Jesus Christ, and for the sprinkling of his blood. So one of my goals in this series, as a church, this I Believe series, is I want us to gain a, a deeper understanding of what it is we believe, so that you can not, understand, not, not only just understand and appreciate what God's done for you, but hopefully by the time we get done with this study, you, you can articulate to another person not what, only what you believe, but why you decided to follow Jesus, and still, in a world that's not your home. So quickly, let me show you what these phrases are pointing to, what Peter says has happened in the past, is still happening in your life. So last week I made this, this statement, and I came up with it, it's original, I think it's awesome. All right, it goes like this. Forgiveness is the starting line, not the finish line. And here's what I mean by this, all right? Theology lesson. When you, and some of this is gonna be reviewed for you, for you and some of you are gonna go like, thank you, now it makes sense, all right? When you put your faith and trust in Jesus, let me explain that. It's that statement that Peter made in that town when he said this, I actually believe that Jesus is the Christ. I believe he's the son of the living God. I believe that his death, burial, and resurrection pays for my sin. And now there's no condemnation hanging over me and nothing will ever separate me from God. The Bible word for that, what happens when, when, when you put your faith in Jesus, the, the Bible word is this word. If you're, so the, this, this is like you might wanna find an empty page in your Bible because you're gonna make a picture. 
Yay. All right, all right, all right. So Bible word for, for what, what happened, what Jesus did for you when he died on the cross is he redeemed you, and it means paid for. And, and we don't use that word anymore. Like, we do for coupons, right? Like, when you go to the grocery store, you lay down money, and you pick up groceries. You redeemed this for this. Jesus laid down his life and picked up your sin, right? He redeemed you, and he redeemed your life. So that's what Peter is referring to in that phrase, the sprinkling of his blood. The Jewish people used to go to the temple and sprinkle blood all over the, over the altar and it, it, would, it would pay for their sins. Jesus does that forever. So here's the, the line, the starting line, okay? So there was a time when we lived in sin and condemnation. We were separated from God. He still loved us, but then Jesus went to the cross and he redeems us. He, he pays for our sin and that gets us back to zero, okay? We're forgiven, and, and you look at it and going, that's all I need. I just, I just need to not go to hell. But it, it, gets, it, it gets better. See, we also learn at the same time that you're forgiven, not only are you redeemed, all, all the bad stuff, all our sin, all, all our mistakes, it gets credited like a bank account. It gets credited and put on Jesus. It's called the doctrine of imputation. If you wanna get fancy, all right? All my sin gets credited to Jesus and then he pays for it. Now get this, because you're not gonna believe it, because I barely believe it. At the moment that you're forgiven, God takes the entire righteousness of Jesus, everything good about Jesus, and he puts it on you. So when he looks at you, he doesn't see your past. He doesn't see your screw-ups. He sees you're, you're, you're like Jesus. I, I grew up, that, that's called justification. I, I grew up this way. Uh, justified, the way you remember that is justified, just as if I'd never sinned. Nope, nope. That only gets you to forgiveness. Justification, a better one would be like this just as if I'm as good and righteous as Jesus. That's what God thinks about you, and you don't believe it. Have you, did you see me Thursday? <laughs> right? He's like, no, God, God saw it all, and he says, you're like, you're like my son. I'm forgiven down here, all right, and I'm out of the category called condemned sinner, and I am immediately put in the category of righteous like Christ. I'm up there, right? Now, here's what I know about this crowd. <laughs> None of you like Jesus, all right? None of us like, I did it. I lived a Christ-like life this week. No, you didn't, all right? All right? Not perfectly, all right? This is why this, this blood keeps on forgiving us. It forgives the past and the present and, and all the way until to, to, to we walk into heaven, okay? So it means this, all of us are living in this space right here, okay? And the Holy Spirit, right, is in the process of, and if you have that app, the word is sanctification, all right? And sanctification means reforming or forming you into something like holy and pure. Which as it happens, as, as, as our lives are sanctified more and more, our lives line up in obedience, and the more we're obedient and sanctified, the more we actually, our behaviors match up with our standing. Does that make sense? Now, we, we used to live down here in condemnation, but because of what Jesus did on the cross, when God looks at us, he sees us up here as righteous. And then we're living in this space right here in the sanctifying process of following Jesus. That's what we're doing here today. We're forming our lives into greater obedience to the life of Jesus. Does that make sense? Oh, or how about this? This, this right here, is what separates what Jesus taught, how a person comes to God the Father, separates it from every other religion on the planet. If you grew up, and I'm not throwing stones at anybody, if you grew up Catholic or Mormon or Muslim or Jewish, this top one, that's still up for grabs. You don't know. You don't know, you won't know until after your funeral if you were good enough, right? 
So every day, you live your life like this. Am I saved? Am I not saved? Does, does he love me? Did he kick me out? Am I, am I forgiven? I'm not forgiven. Did I disappoint him? No, 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 no. See, that's, that's religion, right? But with Jesus, write this down. It is finished. Come on. It is finished. It's already done. It's already been decided. I wish I had a hanky right now. Come on. Right, right, right. It's like, it's like you are already in the category of righteous. And now this middle category of discipleship is being sanctified and made holy it's not us trying to earn our way into being saved. It's not our attempt to get saved. It's our response to the reality we've already been saved. And our response to that is, Jesus, I'll follow you anywhere. And that's the gospel. And that's why the gospel is called good news. Amen? Amen. Now, y'all having fun? I'm having a blast. Well, I didn't know we were supposed to bring a Bible. I feel dumb. You'll get one, right? Here's what I want to close with, okay? All that's true. And Jesus knows us. And he looks at us and goes like, you're gonna forget. You're gonna have a bad day, week, argument, decade. <laughs> you're, 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 gonna, you're, gonna, you're gonna make a big mistake and then you're gonna sit, lay in bed going like, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't, I'm sorry. I... And so Jesus says, okay, look at me. I love you and I saved you, period. So, that you don't forget, here's what I want my family to do, because we're born into a new family, right? He got like, all those guys at a, around a table, right? And it was the Jewish Passover, and he says, I'm gonna give it new meaning. And he took the bread, it was the bread that Moses got in the wilderness, remember all that? And so it's like, and he said, everything a piece of bread. I want you to eat it, I want you to remember this, okay? And especially on your worst day, I paid for it. It's, it's finished, it's gone. And I want you to take a little cup of juice or wine, whatever it is, and I want you to drink it because my blood is sprinkled on the altar for you and it keeps on cleansing you. You don't have to worry about condemnation. Let's keep going. And it's called the Lord's Supper, right? And he says, whenever you do it, I just want you to remember. And here's another thing I think we're gonna see around here. We're gonna do it more often because I need that reminder. Anybody else need that reminder that I'm not a piece of crap? I'm actually a forgiven, redeemed justified son of God. So we're gonna take communion. We're gonna pass it out. We're gonna sing a song. Take it if you want. Don't take it if you don't want. Here's a question I get a lot. Am I, am I allowed to take communion? I've only, I've only been here like twice and I go to another church normally. I got one question for you. Who do you say he is? If the answer is, I, I believe as best I can that Jesus is the savior. He's the Christ. He's the son of the living God. Then welcome, welcome to the family. So you take that, you eat it. And I, and thank you, COVID. You're gonna get this plastic cup. It's got bread on one side. Like, Germ-free, gluten-free, egg-free. But it's the body of Christ. That's what it represents. So pray through it. You'll be fine. Um, you take that. And then uh, we're, gonna, we're gonna sing this beautiful song that we've learned recently. Sean knows it because he's experienced it. No matter where you are or what you've done, if you look in the rearview mirror, he chased you all the way. His goodness keeps running after you, doesn't it? Because he's good. All right, let, let me, let me uh, pray, and then we'll worship together. You take communion, and then, uh, then we'll, be, we'll be done, all right? God, I love you so much. I love your word. And it's, it's not an ancient book written to ancient people. It's like written to us from you because you understand what 2022 is gonna look like, and it didn't catch you by surprise. And so you have everything ready. You have forgiveness ready, you have redemption ready, 
You have sanctification ready, you have justification ready, and I love this church because 20 minutes ago, most of us wouldn't have known what I was talking about, but we are dedicated to knowing more about your son Jesus and his word. Now we have an appreciation that we are forgiven, we are justified, we are clean, we're not under condemnation. We're sons and daughters of God. And just in case that we forget, we're gonna take bread and juice right now and we remember who did it for us. And that's your son, Jesus. Thank you for sending Jesus to us. We love him. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.